This is Shane Warne. Make sure you plough on. Steel Plum and CC, plough on, guys. Yeah, we didn't win the link by accident. We did that by design. It was very much planned. I'll just try to get it in the right spot, really, and see what happens. He said to me, mate, I really think you should put your lid on. Next ball, bowl me a bouncer, which went for six. So. <laughs> this, this club is beyond cricket. Plowman's cricket is the greatest club in the world. Hello and welcome to the Thanks for Coming podcast. My name's Liam and we've just started recording and a group of loud barking dogs just started kicking off of each other outside my window. So if you can hear that, it's a slightly unusual intro for the podcast today. Firstly, I'd like to start with a bit of housekeeping. And last week, as I mentioned, there was a bit of a scheduling mix-up. It's been brought to my attention that some people laid the blame for that scheduling mix-up at the feet of our very own Matt Spencer, which is not at all correct. Nothing to do with Spence last week. Scheduling mess-up wasn't my fault either, and we dived in and did something different. Um, But yeah, Spence is off the hook, and he joins me from across London. He's smiling. He looks happy to be here. Matt Spencer, how are you? I am very happy to be here, Liam. Thank you uh, for having my back there. Uh, would never, ever miss an opportunity to come on to the Thanks for Coming podcast, especially with you. And, if, and don't I know that. <laughs> and if Bush is listening, it would be nice to chat to him at some point this season, as I don't think I've seen him since the Christmas dinner uh, this year so far. Um, it's lovely to be here with you. Um, did you know, little fact, who let the dogs out in reference to your dogs outside your window? was not only a cover of a, of a previous song, but that was a cover of another song, which was a cover of another song, which was a cover from an advert, and it goes back decades and decades and decades. Little fun fact at the top of the episode for you there. Who have we got on today, Liam? Thanks, Spence. Um, and I think it's great that our listeners have a good time while they listen to the podcast, but it's also excellent when they get the opportunity to learn. <laughs> We're joined today by two fabulous guests. Both have been on the Thanks for Coming podcast before, so there's absolutely no excuses for them being shit. I'm going to have to bring the game from the beginning. Spence, would you like to introduce the first one in which or, whichever order you so wish? Well, this description probably works for both of them, but in the past 72 hours, I've seen them more than I've seen my other half. Um, I've felt more of them than I've felt to my other half and I've enjoyed their company more than I've enjoyed my other halves. I would like to introduce first Benny Cobbett. Benny, welcome to this episode of Thanks for Coming. How are you? I'm good. Clearly the other half doesn't listen to the podcast then. (laughs) And on the other side of things, it is uh, my opening partnership bowler for the twos, Mr. Lewis Wilby. How are you, Lewis? I'm absolutely brilliant. It's lovely to be here again. I'm not sure we'll stay as the opening bowling partnership for the twos, but it's lovely to be chatting to you for the third day in a row again as well. (laughs) So, for the benefit of our listeners, this looks like a more like an online gaming convention than a podcast. We've got headsets all round. It's Call of Duty vibes on Monday night. Thanks for coming, gents. You're both smiling. And uh, you both seem quite happy to be here, which is great. Looking forward to this one. I'm going to start off by asking you, in no particular order, 
about any superstitions or routines that you have before a cricket match, night before, morning of the game, when you get to the ground, anything like that, or anything that you can't tolerate in the run-up to a game. So start with uh, Benny. Yeah, I mean, I've just got to have a good strong coffee before I play cricket. Um, it's not like a, so I play ice hockey and I'm much more superstitious when I play that. Um, I'm a goalie and we, we kind of, we don't wash your pads or your socks or anything because you want to wash away the hard work. Um, but clearly doesn't, you can't quite do that with the whites because then they don't stay fairly white. Well, is that true? Is that true? You play ice hockey right now or in the winter or whatever? Yeah, in the winter, yeah. Wow. Trying to get to start playing at Stretton this year, but I played a lot when I was in Colorado. So, wow. yeah, the very superstitious sport. Um, but no, I don't really have any superstitions for cricket, but after this weekend, I might start praying. <laughs> so Max Gumpert, friend of the show, hadn't washed his whites for two weeks when he rocked up to the game on Saturday. So he hadn't played the weekend in between and he'd forgotten to wash them. Dear me. You couldn't you couldn't go within like two meters of him on the day before the game. It was difficult to describe. Words wouldn't do justice the wide berth that you had to give that man on the day. But yeah, and it certainly certainly didn't get any better as the day went on either. After he ran, after he did all that running, we'll talk more about that later. Um, so none from you particularly, Lewis. What about yourself? I'm, I'm still trying to find mine. I'm testing some stuff out. I have done the no washing of socks um, before, Benny. That that hasn't worked yet. Oh, I've done the buying of sweets before a game. That still doesn't work for me. I just usually steal Matt Spencer. That works for Logan sometimes. Yeah, it works for Matt, actually. Spencer, you, you, you bring, bring sweets to every game. Yeah, but I'm not good in every game, but the sweets are still there. I bring them more for the rest of the team to pick them up at drinks. I turned up to Sunday's friendly drinks, and Damon also had a packet of squashies. So we were able to share the squashies around both of us, which was lovely, actually. That was lovely. There was enough for the spectators as well, which is always, always good. Um, and then I, I guess if I had any superstition, it would be that I do not get out of bed before half 11 on a game day. That, that is it. Is that right? And is that regardless of where you've gone to bed the night before? Yeah, doesn't matter. <laughs> I've got one to add, and I'm not sure it's a superstition more or more just a start to a perfect Sunday. Um, and it comes from Damon Grooney's match report of the game versus Southbank earlier in the year. And I'm just going to read the first passage to you, if you, if you don't mind, gents. Um, and do find it on plamandcc.com. Head to fixtures and you see our match reports there. But this is how it goes. Is there a better way to arrive at the DSG than by bus? Oh, don't get me wrong. Pulling up in an air-conditioned luxury is a treat. And I'm very grateful to those who have provided a lift. Or if you can carry off a Royal Enfield turning up like a rock star, then fair play to you. However, you've got to be able to back it up like Surrey can. But being on that number three, as it trundles through Brixton and Hernhill, scooping up a ploughman here and there, Tom Lonnon and Rob Keogh on this day, with the wow-wishing and the back-sapping and the chat in anticipation of the game, alighting and then perhaps falling into step with a couple more teammates on Turney Road, turning into the drive and catching that first glimpse of green grass, it all just seems very right. And that was exactly what happened for myself on Sunday. I was on that bus. We got in, I think, through Brixton. Yarny stepped on. 
bus took a little diversion. We got off and started walking. We bumped into Chris Butlin, Damon and Tom Elmsley. And the five of us were able to walk in through the back entrance at Holly's. And I think that really sets up a brilliant game. I'll add to that, Spence. Um, we, well, you in particular, gained some particularly interesting insight before one of our league games earlier in this season. So you overheard the opposition talking further down the bus and you were able to pass on a bit of information to me at the beginning of the game, which we won't reveal on the Thanks for Coming podcast which then potentially had a material impact on the outcome of that game. There we are, the superstitious number three. We've also, uh, on Saturday, we've started, a lot of the games are in Surrey. Uh, We've started getting, like, coordinating our train journeys out into Surrey some weeks as well. So, Waterloo, there's a train that heads out towards Woking, where a lot of our games are. And then that also usually stops in Clapham and in Vauxhall, so we pick some people up along the way. So we tended to be coordinating that uh, before the games. And we were in the second carriage from the front for a while now. And shout out to Leo Connolly, friend of the show, chairman of the Breakfast Club. It was his idea this week to move from meeting in the second carriage from the front to the third carriage from the front. String of results have not gone our way. And... Um, Fair play to the boy. We've pulled out a a massive victory, so there might be something in that one as well. Stay tuned to find out more about that. Now, if you are listening at home, you've got your own superstition, you know what that email is. Hello at plowmancc.com. Let us know what gets you going or what gets you not going in some cases. Yeah, let us know what gets you not going. (laughs) (laughs) Right, let's move on and hear more about our league teams and how they got on on Saturday. Liam, first team skipper. Looks like he had um, quite a good weekend this weekend. How'd the the ones go? Yeah, brilliant result on Saturday. Um, We've lost a few in a row um, leading up to this one. And it's tough out there. You know, league cricket, a lot of people are gunning for us after the results that we've put in against them in the last couple of years. People want revenge. Um, it's good cricketers out there. And as is fairly well documented, we've had quite a high turnover of players in the winter and certainly some of the players who, who've played a lot of games for us in the league over the, the past four or five years have departed. So we've been working really hard together as a, like a unit this season and doing an awful lot of things very well. And there's a, there's a good feeling about the place. And a, a lot of the games that we've lost have the, the feel of just with a little bit of a rubber of the green, one performance from just one person is the difference between, between winning and losing most of them. And we really felt like, you know, we're, we're building something, we're working towards something. It's not a case of we just rock up every week, start again from fresh and see what happens. And, and a lot of the right elements are in place. And then this week... Um, pretty much all came together for a really good win. Yeah, who were the uh, star performers? Uh, so it was r- real contributions from the whole team, um, team all round. We batted first out there, some on the day, last minute changes to the batting lineup because uh, not everybody was there on time. We've won the toss, we batted first. A lot of confidence amongst the batsmen when we were down there. 
on a pitch which has deteriorated at times when we've played it on a, in, on the past. Won the toss. Let's back back the lads, and um, a deal who we'd kind of had down to uh, to open was was arriving after the start time. So a bit of uh, jiggery pokery with the batting order meant that Brito and Surrey went out to open the batting. Two very uh, established batsmen and uh, just batted really well, really calm. Um, didn't try and take too much on early on. So after 10 overs, we're scoring about three and a half, four and over and no loss of wicket. Eventually, uh, Suri goes, but Brito carried on and just stuck around, just batted real well for 18 overs, put away bad balls, batted time. And there was a, a real sense of calm amongst uh, batsmen on the sidelines, the rest of the team. Logan at three was was one of the stars of the show with a bat. Out on 69 after a, a real measured innings, you know, where he also watched a lot of balls and he was prepared to let ball goes by, block a lot of deliveries, and wait for the right ones to hit. And he really smashed the ball all around the ground, as did Leo a bit further down the order. 37 off 30, and Max coming in a bit further down as well, really pushed the run rate up with Drew at the end. Uh, Max 61 off 43, not out. Drew 14, not out, off 10. Some big hit in. We really felt that the momentum was with us and the opposition were pretty tired and we were feeling good at the halfway stage. How did the uh, start of the defend go? So we played Wandsworth earlier in the season and we hit our highest score of the season against them on the Hollies, which was 2.68. And this one we had 2.65, so we're just short of that. And they obviously fancied it. We bowled really well at the start. CRS and uh, Drew bowled really well without a breakthrough. <laughs> I bowled reasonably well as well. No wicket there. Leo came on first spell. No wicket there. Ollie Lonsdale... Bowled a few overs, still didn't have a wicket. Ollie got the breakthrough, big breakthrough. And at 30 overs, we'd used most of our bowling options. Opposition were 151 for one. It really felt like, because I didn't play the previous game, it really felt like, what's going on here? Is this just what happens against Wandsworth? Like, we just hit 260, and then they're just able to just chase it somehow. And again, you know, it felt like some of the little things weren't quite going our way. And it felt like, not to say that they didn't bat well, they batted very well, but it felt like the, the little edges that just went between the pad and the stumps and a few that just went, edges that went over slip, just think like, ah, is it, w w can we hold our nerve here? Anyway, uh, after that drinks break, we, we had a chat and we said five overs are very important. If we can really keep the runs down within the next five overs... For the last 10, it's going to be tough to score 8 and over or so if they still need 80, 80 more. <laughs> At which point, Leo, Connolly and Adil Riaz just turned it on with the ball and just bowled a spell from both ends that was just disgustingly good. And not only did it cut, cut out the scoring shots, they also started taking wickets. And once they started taking wickets, the wickets kept falling... Comment from Max Gumper at one of the breaks where he just said, "We're one, they're one down, right? And we basically got 15 overs to get 
nine more wickets. He just said, we really, really need to take our catches today. When opportunity comes to catch the ball, if we take it, that's going to be the difference between us winning and losing these games, this game. And our catching on the day was unbelievable. Leo with two catches in deep, two caught and bolds. I took one at gully. Logan took a really good catch. Suri, as he always does, took another two catches behind the stumps. And Rohin took a ridiculous diving catch where he's dived onto an Astro strip to get it. And you just think, like, like half of those chances, probably, we've got no right to take. And just brilliant performance. Brilliant bowling. Really, really, really good in the field. Even when it's going against us, first 30 overs, ground fielding. Phenomenal, no one given an inch, you know, body on the line for the entire time. And 10 catches, 10 wickets all caught. Amazing catches all around the ground. Excellent. Well done to the ones. Liam, I want to pick up on, and please correct me as I'm sure it's wrong, but could this be the first time that we've had a pair of Aussie pace bowlers opening for the league side? Could be, yeah. It's an interesting question. Yeah, we usually keep the Aussies for like the middle or- middle overs, don't we? Middle order of, bullies. Yeah, a bit of back of the length stuff. A bit of sticker stuff. Yeah, we don't usually trust them with the new ball. Yeah, all right. Fair. Point taken. All right, I'll have to review that. <laughs> it looks like they both went very well. And uh, obviously always do. Roden Smith, one of his more expensive uh, spells, but that's not being unkind on him. He just normally bowls very, very tight lines. No, they bowled really um, well. They didn't. They didn't quite get the rewards for it. Um, Wandsworth batted well as well, but like they didn't quite get the rewards up front. They they bowled really well, good areas. It's tough to depend defend on that pitch, flat outfield, which is quite fast, and it's a huge outfield, so it's quite hard to defend on. And uh, another bowling related question: Leo Connolly. Under bold this year, do we think? Uh, I can talk from the games that I've been there. I think we've used our bowling options that we've had available to us pretty well on the whole. And I think if you look at the scores that opposition teams have got against us, it's reflective of that. If your question is, do I think he's a good bowler? He's a fantastic bowler. Yeah, there's absolutely no question about that. Look, and they say there was no political reasoning that you became first team captain, but that was a very political answer. Very well dealt with. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do the fantasy team. I can't. I spend 10 hours picking teams as it is. I can't. Hey, look, the ones on the road are looking looking good and you, you've got a good few run-ins now to start thinking about where you are at that league table and settling into a rhythm and, and good going. Definitely, yeah. Re- needed that win at that time. and it, it was a brilliant performance. There wasn't a single person who didn't contribute something. It was a real, real team performance. Energy in the field, like after 30 overs getting one wicket, everyone just stuck with it. Catching was amazing. A deal is phenomenal. Like the difference having him in the team, you know, it, 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 it you can't underestimate that. And uh, one thing that I did want to mention, which I've never clocked before, a deal's nickname that people have started calling him, or might have been an old thing, but like first time I've really clocked it properly, is the dealer, <laughs> which I just think is a hilarious nickname. And <laughs> they just the everyone dealer. around the ground is just. <laughs> 
come on the dealer as he's, as he's running into floor. You never know what he's going to deal you with his uh, variations. Is one uh, way you could take that reference. <laughs> and that's that's where I assume the references come from. <laughs> Brilliant. Five wickets for a deal, four for Leo Connolly, and a win for the ones. And why don't we talk about how we got on with the twos? Three of us were playing in that game. Lewis, I'm going to come to you. Uh, to talk about this to start with. Um, you quite like this ground. It's got an ice cream van near it and some water slides. Uh, where were we playing and what did we do? We were, of course, playing at the one and only Woking. Uh, the best place to play, in my opinion, because um, it's easy to get to the Wandle from there. But it wasn't the best day from the twos, um, so I will not take up as much time as Liam did. And... Uh, obviously I was there as well so I, I do know the answers uh, to these questions but we didn't just win the toss we, we, we pushed the toss our way um, and the opposition actually forfeited the toss and we went out to field and you had chucked the ball um, how did you get on? I feel that the two opening bowlers me and you Spence we did a pretty good job at the start we kept it uh, reasonably tight so uh, what we thought on that pitch um, I taking two wickets in that first spell uh, and left us in a pretty decent position at about 50 for two after the first 10. Um, we then had some, some nice bowling from Benny and Tom Lonnon, um, two, two keepers going. Tom Lonnon took a handy two wickets and um, really powered on getting injured and having to go off for an over. Um, and then coming back and, and finishing it off was, was something you want your skipper to do. Shows hard. Yeah, Benny, I'm, I'm going to throw to Benny on this. Um, obviously, we saw Tom come on. Lewis just said uh, that we kept it reasonably tight. Uh, <laughs> what were your thoughts on that, Benny? Uh, I, yeah, I mean, we had... Um, I, I, it doesn't pour down to anyone, but we had, uh, if you look at the scorecard, 54, ex, 54 extras. Um the, it was a classic case of the good balls were really good and then the bad balls were either hit pretty hard or going down for five wides. So it was just, um, oh, you know, I was uh, you know, partial to a, a wide myself and a, and a pretty bad ball as well. So <clears throat> not to point fingers anywhere at all. It was just kind of <laughs> not, the not the tidiest I've seen us as, as, a, as a bowling unit. But um, yeah, no, no, I mean... Big credit to to Wilby there. He bowled out of his socks uh, at the beginning there. Real pace, real carry. And um, Alexander GW took an absolute screamer behind the, of the very technically sound number three, um, which by all counts he probably shouldn't have taken. He just threw his hands, just diving through his hands up was great. Um, but yeah, I think uh, it kind of gave gave away a lot of pressure and and runs to them. Yeah, I, I think from those those first maybe ten fifteen, their their batsmen actually were able to get a little bit more settled than we would have liked them to get. Um, the ones that did make runs were the ones that kind of didn't really do anything for their first five overs. They just kind of took a look at the ball and they waited for those bad balls. Um, they had two big hitters that were definitely reaching short boundaries. Um, but we had bowlers. You say Lonnon with an injury still managed to go through his full eight, and then we had a look at. Um, Alex Webster, who has been bowling very well. Hugh Lilburn, who's been brilliant in the nets. Um, and probably under-bowled Will Curtis had a couple of overs in there too. But none of us could really find much 
purchase until our second spell um, coming back on, Lewis, which was timely uh, matched up with the time that we found the, the ball that we'd lost in the 10th over um, and we were able to start bowling with the new ball again in the 30th over. Yes, that, that, was, that was quite handy, having had a ball that didn't swing for 20 overs in the middle and then getting given this lovely pearl of a ball with one absolutely sparkly side, creds to Benny Cobbett and his shiny head. Yeah. Um, but that ball coming back in was a, was a game changer. And um, me, me, and, me and Spencer managed to pick up another five wickets um, between us in, that, in, in the last six overs, which, which helps us get over the line and ball them out. Um, it is always nice when your opening bowlers get seven between them. But it's also nicer if it's in the first 10 overs, not the last 10. Yeah, and uh, a takeaway from that after having lost all of my net balls, which weren't in great saying, is maybe we should have one or two spare older league balls that we can go to when we need them rather than just getting out Lucky's dog toy to have a pole with because the oppo were not forthcoming with uh, good balls for us either. Um, so the bowling, um, they probably sc- they scored 250 um, all out in the 37th over. We did well to get them all out um, as they could have <coughs> added on even more on that. As I say, it was a, a dry and small pitch. Um, and we had a look at our lining. And I think going into it, we actually thought 250 was probably competitive par that we could get to. Um, and we took about batting there. Benny, how did we get on batting? We saw Hugh and Will Stevens opening up. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think I've sat around and then and uh, witnessed more commentators curse in the next the first five minutes of a game than, than that game. Um, I, I think your words were, he was a, a real schoolboy cricketer, looks like he knows what he's doing, and then the next ball tries to pull one and pops it up. Yeah, schoolboy, I was using as a compliment there as well. Uh, yeah, like technically sound. Um, and then, Steve, you know, I, I, I can't remember who said it, but someone said, ah, oh, Steve, it's just, uh, Stephen State hung around. It was uh, Curtis went in at number three and said, Duck. you know, he played really well. He scored a lot of runs last week. And then he, to be fair to him, got an absolute peach of a delivery, a little in-swing and a nipped away. Yeah. Can't really be angry about that. Um, uh, then I went in at four um, and really struggled to get it away. Um, and credit to the other team, you know, opposing teams, uh, bowlers, they were really tight. I mean, they didn't give us any wide. I, I faced two wides in the twenty odd deliveries I did face. Um, they were they were much more dis- more disciplined with the ball than we were. Um, and then I, my eyes lit up to an out, one and outside off. I tried to drive it and it just nipped back through the gate. Um, and then it apparently that's when Willby said, um, "Yeah, Benny's set here." <laughs> Very next ball. Yeah, another. Another commentator's curse there. Yeah. Uh, then Webster goes in. Um, he hits a couple of quick uh, quick fours. Oh, sorry. Uh, Tom went in, didn't he, first uh, at five. And he, he hit uh, a couple of really good shots all around. I I've never seen him play before. Um, but he looked quite comfortable. Uh, and then I think he played all around a straight one. His words when he came off were, I felt really good out there. And then I did check how many balls he faced, and it was four. So, yeah, he, he is um, a professional actor, though, so, you know. <laughs> he is, yeah. Yeah, it, it did feel like this, this was a, a pitch that rewarded batsmen that took the time to get in on it. Um, and I think we, we struggled to get in um, to actually start building on, on anything from there. Um, and uh, uh, carry on with the rest of the order, though, please, Benny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they were excellent in the field. 
credit to them. They did every ball we hit at them seemed to be hard. I mean, straight at them, but they did stop them. Um, and they took all their catches, which is quite a rarity in this league, it seems. Um, uh, yeah, so Webster goes in, hits a couple of quick fours, uh, three quick fours, and you kind of think, oh, he's going to. Um, I think someone said, you know, quick fire, quick fire runs from Webster coming up, and then he holds out to long off. Um, as he comes off, he famously said, oh, I didn't even look to see if he was there. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, it, I think Lonnon went in. Um, he was um, battling. It just seemed like a battling innings from pretty much everyone that went out there. Yeah, because and you said that we we were on the rate that they were on. If we had worms up on and we were watching them at the side of the pitch, we weren't far off theirs. But the problem was we were losing wickets a lot quicker than they were losing wickets. Um, but I think even all the way down to Alex Gordon Walker and Lonna at eight and nine, we still thought if if they both got in, we could probably make a game of this. Um, unfortunately, that wasn't the case. Uh, Gordon Walker out fairly quickly. He said he hadn't played against the chirpier side because they were very much in their full swing of momentum now. Um, Lonnen uh, got one on the front foot, given RBW. And then it was me and you to the rescue, Lewis, um, for five balls uh, before we finished off the batting innings. We did pick up some bonus points, getting to 110, which do make all the difference in league cricket. Um, but it was definitely blueing CC day on the day. But worth mentioning... Um, Obviously, Alex Gordon-Walker uh, received his baggy, um, fully signed up plough member on the day, kept very well, took a great catch, as you mentioned, off a proper bowler's bouncer, wasn't it, Lewis? Uh, the one that kept rising from you. It, it was indeed, if I do say so myself. I had the best seat in the house for that one as well. Yeah, and um, Chicken Shop, Hugh Lilburn, uh, took two off me, one which went very, very, very high in the air. Um, and again, with that correct schoolboy coached technique, he, he didn't even break into a sweat to take it. Took a, a repeat of it and over later. Um, so, yeah, not lots to take away from it. Um, but it's a league game. We go on to the next one. Um, we stay second because of the bonus points we picked up, um, which we were able to get from it. And that kind of ended cricket on the Saturday. Um, anyone with any other comments before we move on? Yeah, just a, a worth a, a very good forty-two from uh, Will Stevens at the top there. He battled hard. Um, he uh, looked a bit uh, pinned down by the opening lefty, but managed to figure it out, figure him out, and just sort of saw him off. And then, yeah, a, a forty-two that was very well deserved. He looked, um, he looked easily the most comfortable of all. Of them. Batting well this season, Will Stevens so far caught some scores and spent a lot of time in the middle against. Uh... Some of the tougher opposition bowling, so shout out to Will Stevens. Um, like your chat about the worm there, Spence. There's been a bit of worm chat in the ones as well this year. Our very own Matt Bolshaw on the Thanks for Coming podcast has introduced some worm chat, but um, he doesn't seem to have a very good handle on it, and quite a lot of times has been corrected on it. So think Leo at the moment is probably our go-to for any like worm-related on-field chat if, if we need any kind of confirmations before we take it to the opposition batsman. Because, um, yeah, Bush and, and I have fallen foul of that a couple of times already. <laughs> uh, Leo's uh, chat actually came into our game, didn't it, Lewis, with your shout of uh, 
go-go plabber Rangers, um, which I think is credited to Leo Connolly as well as on-field chat. He's, he's coming out with is. some good ones this year. Absolute quality, that one. One of my favourites by far. He's actually come out with some good chat, to be fair to him, this year. Yeah, he has. I did not see that coming from Leo either. So it was off from Woking to celebrate the ones at the Wandle um, with familiar faces. Freddie Mills popping in, in a friendly neighbourhood, Freddie Mills at the Wandle. John Reeves and Max Wright were also down there with the playing 22. Um, and yeah, it, it was, a, a by all accounts, a, a fun night, um, uh, but also one that could have been a lot better if we both teams had won but we all enjoyed ourselves and hung out with our mates for a little bit longer and some people made new friends as well which is always lovely and the wandle is quite a good place for making new friends as well if you're of that kind of persuasion (laughs) if you're social or happen to be 20 years old (laughs) if you're the if you're the friendly type who is open to making friends on saturday night the Wandle is a place where you can do that. In the famous words of Benny Cobbett, I found my people at the Wandle. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we have different types of people, you and I. <laughs> <laughs> Which takes us on to our Sunday friendly sides. Uh, I'm delighted to say we'll be talking about those in just a moment. Benny Cobbett. You played in the gold team on Sunday, which travelled to Morden, our rivals and friends. And we've had a lot of good games against Morden over the years, and we've had some good performances. Um, We know some of their players pretty well, and often we get quite a close game down there. Who was captain? Uh, Who batted first? Morden won the toss, selected to bat. Um, Leon was captaining us. Um, We opened with myself. Um and Drew and Drew bowled out of his skin, you know, absolutely just putting it wherever he wanted. They couldn't get him away. Uh, he went for so little runs. Yeah, he went for two and a half economy with four wickets, and he bowled just brilliantly. So yeah, Drew was bowling it, swinging it, you know, with some really good pace, and they didn't look particularly comfortable. It was absolutely lightning field. If you touched it anywhere past the infield, it was gone. Um, I'm sure you. Yeah. Down the hill in particular is really difficult to defend against. And when it's been dry for all this time. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they were just trying to take everything. Even if I put it outside off, they were just trying to flick it around the corner so they could just, it would just go for four. So, um, yeah, I think I had a, a 6 3 on my leg side because I was bowling to the hill uh, to my right hand side. So, um, they, they got away pretty well. They put up a, a competitive total, uh, 195. Um, but yeah, like I said, Drew bowled really, really well. Um, and shout out to uh, Justin Cash, who didn't get any wickets, but bowled and, and really, really had them bamboozled. Uh, a lot of his gets quite a lot of bounce, um, and they didn't know how to play him uh, very well. He's playing well this season, isn't he? Justin Cash, money. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's bowling very tight. It's it's quite a lot of fun to watch because they uh, they think they've picked him, and he's got these top spin ones that bounce up and hit high and they um but it was it was good fun and then the, you know good old Nigel Stevenson comes in eight overs 37 runs and three wickets including a stumping with just the one wide class act Nigel Stevenson 
class. Um, but uh, so yeah, we had them all out. Um, Webster got got a wicket as well. Harry Davis got a very good wicket at the end. Um, so all out for one ninety five. Um, and then I think the cut, the kiss of death in the middle was um, Nigel saying, "If we're going to lose, let's lose quickly so I can watch the football." Um, and uh, yeah, it wasn't the fiery of starts for us. Um, Hansi, um, self-donned walking wicket, um, had a quite a twenty-four ball duck, which was he did look pretty good for his duck. To be fair, if that's allowed to be said. So uh, in our defence, we started off with Hansi opening with Michael Scansbury, uh, who fielded very well. Kudos to him. He was sprinting all over the place. Um, and um, props to the opposition bowlers. Again, bowling very nice tight lines. They were, they were not easy to get away. Um, uh, Hansi the first to go. Then Leon went in. A uh, couple of bolts. I mean, it was just a, then it just a succession of wickets. It just didn't stop. Um, and yeah, it wasn't the best um, batting performance from us. Um, big shout out to Drew. He looked very comfortable. He was hitting the ball beautifully. Uh, then one just sort of stayed low on him under his bat. Uh, and Harry Davis also getting some cracking shots. Um, but all in all, not the best defence we had as we were all out for 81 runs and lost about 114. But we did get to see the some football at the end, which was great to see the Lionesses just play some brilliant football. It was good fun. Um, and it was a, a game played in you know, the right spirit. It was, a, it was a lot of fun. I've had quite a few fun games at Morden, ones that we don't always win. But I think keeping your side at Morden under 200 is pretty good going, um, even if they don't have a gun put in the side. It, it looks like your, your bowling is brilliant there. To the point that, and this is throughout the season, I might have to change my opinion, which I've shared on this podcast quite a lot, that all spin is dross. But bear in mind, I had that opinion after watching DeRay, Bolshaw and Baz bowling week in, week out. Whereas now we've got the likes of Justin Cash. Nigel has always been doing it. You'll hear more about Tom Almsley and Cy Carson in a moment. Um, but seeing it with Hugh and Will on Sunday, and I know we've got um, some spin getting into the wands as well. The dealer, like... Maybe all spin isn't dross. It was just the spin that I was watching in 2018, 2019. Maybe some spin is good. A lot of the new joiners are spinners in the plough now. Plough now. Picked up a lot. Picked yeah, up a jo- lot. Special mention to Joey, who I still think is one of the most talented leggies I've faced in a long time. Definitely. Definitely. And Drew Withers, doing what Drew Withers does is uh, four wickets there for 20 runs. is absolutely brilliant. So not a day with the bat, but it looks like you did a good job with the ball. So no gumpets played in that game, but I've heard through the grapevine that one of the gumpets is trying to raise the temperature a little bit, maybe for the next fixture. And that's Ben Gumpet, so that's Max and Fred's dad has been on at Max, giving him some aggro. Apparently that's three in a row that more than one against us. I didn't know that, but that's what he said. And questioned Max, had he joined the right team or would he have been better off staying where he was? <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, Fred got more runs uh, <laughs> batting against us uh, last season, um, but Max looks fairly comfortable here and, and, and Fred will be back very soon to do the same. I'm looking forward to the, well, not the return fixture, but I'm looking forward to seeing them next time. 
And from playing in Morden, which is closer to my home, and uh, travelling across uh, to Dulwich Sports Ground um, for my doublehead fixture, which Liam and Lewis, you came down and watched. Um, we were playing Clapham in Cricket Club, and we also had the England Lionesses game in mind with full faith that Captain Simon Carson would go out, win the toss, and allow us to bowl first so we could, uh, most of us could um, let our openers bat and we could watch the football. Um, it didn't go to plan and we ended up batting first um, with, believe it or not, former first team league captain, uh, league winning captain as well, Freddie Mills opening the batting with Chris Butlin. Um if you, I'm sure everyone's had the joy of meeting Freddie, but if you haven't, he is a six foot something giant of a man, built like a brick house with a questionable beard. But when Simon said to him, Freddie, where do you fancy batting today? I thought you might open. He did not at all look comfortable. Um, uh, and very quickly. I was going to ask what the very... logic behind that was. <laughs> and you, you're, you're right to mention his beard there. He's, well, if you can call it that. Whatever that fluff on his face is, that poor excuse for a beard. Um, and, it, I mean, he, he didn't look comfortable, but he, he took it on with kind of a, I'm going to have to bat at some point anyway, kind of mind, because he was either at two or three. Um, Butlin, as Butlin does, uh, first ball placed straight down to fine leg, beautifully done, and Freddie was on strike, using my bat, um, having been in the toilet three minutes earlier, and uh, welcome back to cricket at Plowman's, smashed it through mid-wicket for four and off he went. Uh, 33 runs uh, off 18 balls, um, put it into all parts of the Burbage Road pitch um, and left the opposition feeling fairly flat, uh, thinking that this was our opening batsman um, before he uh, mishit one and uh, got caught at mid-wicket just playing one of those ugly slogs that he plays. Um, while at the other end, Chris Butlin looked absolutely beautiful as an opener and was joined by Almo, who from a distance, they both look quite similar. Um, and we were struggling to pick them apart, apart from the orange stripe on one of their bats. Um, and they batted a lot of the game. Um, Butlin, 91 balls for his 67 runs. Almo, 49 balls for his 27 runs. Um, and they were just brilliant. Um, I messaged on the chat and you'll have seen Mo Khan's ball-by-ball ball video highlights if you are in the plough on chat um, of them uh, playing and leaving at some quite good bowling from Kappamin. They've just recruited this left armour who really is a decent bowler um, and I can see him uh, playing at quite a high standard if he wanted to. Um from there, once uh, those two, that partnership had been broken, we had a look at Simon Crane and a look at Trent Catanzariti. Both of them um, are very well known as being able to hit a ball and command a situation. Um, they did that nicely. Uh, Trent went at more than a run of ball. Um, Simon uh, didn't come good today, but he has come good a few times this season, um, which brought us on to Mo, one of his better batting performances that I've seen. He looks like he's really progressing at the moment. Um, and then you saw the likes of Yanni, Geordie and me just trying to scramble some runs at the end to uh, get us over the 200 mark, which we did finish on 201 for seven off all of our 40 overs. Um, and to be honest, we thought we'd done quite well. We, we scored at a nice rate. Obviously, Freddie started us quite early. And uh, at that point, we were fairly happy with our batting performance, to be honest. It was a good performance to watch. 
It really was, especially from from square leg. Um, and, and Mo Khan hit an absolutely beautiful shot over over mid wicket. Can I just put out? Absolutely gorgeous. And uh, there was some lovely cover drives by Chris Butlin as well, as usual. Wouldn't expect anything less from that man. Yeah, Chris Butlin is just <coughs> absolutely brilliant. I mean, 20 overs into our bowling, he was still sprinting around. So he definitely had enough energy to still be batting. You're not sure why he uh, didn't just see the innings out um, because that was the script, but he obviously went off script. Damon Greeny has definitely earned the right to be a Sunday opening bowler um, and should definitely be getting his availabilities in for Saturdays because he went eight overs all the way through for just 22 runs, economy of 2.75. He is very hard to face because he is just so consistent with how he bowls. Um, after the game, Sai went up to him and said, have you, been, uh, have you been working on that? Have you been practising? And he said, well, put it this way. I was in the Nets yesterday. I was in the Nets on Friday. I was in the Nets on Thursday. I think on Wednesday, I had a little bit of a net with Hansi and Brito and I netted a made avail with everyone on Tuesday. So yes, I've been working on it a little bit. Um, so that's the secret to good bowling. Um, at the other end, uh, I bowled four or five overs um, with no real reward. Um, but the story of the day, stories of the day, Jordi D'Angenda, brilliant seven over spell, one of the best I've seen in bowl, took a brilliant wicket, um, deceiving the batsman with a ball that dipped and hit the stumps. And uh, uh, Tom Almsley also deserved a lot more than he got. As we know, he turns it absolutely miles, not only bamboozled the batsman, but also bamboozled a very inexperienced slip fielder, um, myself. Uh, his very first ball softly fired to my hands and quickly fell out of them. Sorry, Tom. Um, Trent also got a wicket, but the one that I have to spend a lot of time on here is skipper, scooper, Simon Carson. Um does so much off the pitch for this club, but on the pitch, he is a white line killer when he gets the ball in his hand, bandana on his head, hair tied back. Um, he bowled a brilliant eight over spell all the way through that changed the game and made it as tight as it becomes. Um, he only went for 42 runs, but his wickets were the ones here, all very decent, very well worked wickets. Um, my favourite, uh, and you'll have seen this from the boundary was he absolutely smashed it into front pad in front of stumps, turn round, massive appeal, absolutely uh, livid and furious that the umpire's finger wasn't going up. He gave multiple appeals to the umpire in the stance now, squatting down, arms in the air, uh, while the rest of us were trying to get his attention to tell him that the ball had gone on from the batsman's front pad and smashed straight into middle and off stump. And the batsman was already walking back towards the boundary while Simon was still appealing for his wicket. Um, <laughs> I think that was for his free for. He then went on and took another one and finished on four wickets for 42 runs, but really led from the front uh, with that one. Um, and then, yeah, as I say, they did have quite a few batsmen. Left-hander Rian uh, that came out and opened for them <coughs> looked very comfortable. Um, we were working on lots of ways that we could try and get him out and him in the opener um, did a good job, stuck around for a lot of the game. Um, none of them got over 50, but all of them contributed. And one lad um, who we will hear a little bit from just at the end of this um, called Smithy came out with what you would call a garden cricket set, cricketing bat. Um, Freddie and I uh, were joined by Geordie and Yanni in giving him quite a bit of stick. Um, he himself had quite a bit of stick to give back. Lewis, I think you overheard quite a few of his uh, 
friendly conversations. Here's some great jokes that I'm sure we'll get onto later. <laughs> well, here's some more of them. Um, but what a day for him. Uh, as you'll hear later, he, he hit quite a lot of runs at a good rate. And that made it very, very close. Um, at which point, I'm going to pass over to the view from the boundary um, so as not to have to talk about it myself. Um, but the game was coming down to a nail-biter. It, it really was. Um, and we, we actually joined the opposition team for the last few overs uh, to, to experience it fully. We wanted to be on, on the winning team either way. So you get the best of both of us if you do that. But it was great to watch. Their, their bottom three batsmen put on an absolute show towards the end. It, it was looking tight anyway um, throughout the whole game. They, they had three wickets in hand, I think, and needed around 30, 40 wins, uh, wins, runs to win. And um, yeah, Smithy went out there. He hit a few good shots. He was telling about his high scores before the game. I can't remember. But it's, this was his highest score, I think, that he's got. Um, and then he unfortunately got out to a good ball. Was it you, Spencer, who, who bowled him out? I can't, can't remember. It might have been Cy Carson. He bowled quite a few of them out. Um, but and and then their their last batter. It came was Trent in. who bowled him out. Was it Trent? Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, Trent bowled him out, and uh, yeah, their last their last partnership went went exactly their way. Both of them getting twenty odd, and their final batter needing I think it was six off the last twelve balls, and um, hit a lovely four along the ground. And um, I did then go up to their team and say, your win doesn't count if he doesn't hit a six to win the, the match, um, which then backfired in my face as he then proceeded to hit uh, your one and only Spencer for a, for a huge six back over his head uh, to, to, to give them a great victory. And it was a pleasure to watch. Yeah, really enjoyable bunch. Um, they bought a jug uh, for us and we sat and watched England's Lionesses win um, and had a lovely evening and I look forward to playing them again soon. Hi, thanks for coming. And thank you for coming to another great episode of Plowman's Cricket Podcast. I'm joined here at the lovely Dulwich Sports Ground with Smithy from Clapperman Cricket Club. Smithy, without giving it away, how's your day gone so far? Yeah, it's been a pretty good day. It's been a, been a pretty pretty great day. Started started difficultly, but it went went well by the end of it, so having a good time. At the start of the day, how would you rate your cricketing ability? Uh, minus five. And at the end of the day, what are your thoughts? 48. Out of? Whatever. Whatever number is, <laughs> 10. Let's go for that. So talk us through your uh, point of view as you were playing today. Well, um, I mean, we normally lose. Um, so it's nice to it's nice to come here and, and take. Oh, spoiler alert! We we, we won. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. I mean, we came down. We we bowled we bowled fairly well. Put on a good target, two hundred and one. Uh, the Plowmans Plowmans. So they did very well there. So we thought it was always going to be a bit of a big big target to chase. But I mean, yeah, we got our heads down and, and really just just got to it. We went we went down to four wickets down. I was batting number five. Oh, they just scored! Oh wow, fantastic. Lionesses oh, are about to take the have just scored. Oh my <laughs> Oh they've completely ruined the podcast. That's fantastic. And she has uh, just taken a shirt off in celebration and run to her teammates, much like Smithy did yes, when he was batting. Sorry, yes. Um 
So yeah, I, I batted number five and came in. And my, I mean, my top score for my entire career is 22. So I was looking to try and increase that today. Um, and I and I doubled it. So yeah, very happy with that. And I don't know, I just sort of dug in, dug in hard and had a good bit of chat in the field. Sort of helped me spur, spur it along to make me want to, you know, win more. Send, send the other boys, send them on. <laughs> and to, uh, yeah, basically just to, just to take on the game. And uh, yeah, got it to a point where we were only a few, few balls in it, a few runs in it at the end. And uh, yeah, one of my teammates, Leon, came away with a massive six to win the game. So a very chaotic but fantastic game all around. I heard it was a very soft ball that he hit for six. So, uh, <laughs> but um, you, you made it really enjoyable. You made it very competitive. There was a point, you mentioned it there. And I'd like, if you're listening at home, your thoughts on this, do email in at hello at plowmancc.com, I believe. And let us know your thoughts on celebrating hitting it and a misfield through their legs when you're on 22 for no reason for celebration. Talk us through what happened there. Well, you know, I'm, I'm not that good at cricket, really. And as I say, my high score is 22 and just, just looking to beat that. And so whenever that happens, I'm just really happy. But I admit it was probably not, not pretty below the belt. But, uh, but just a rush came over me and I was happy that it was going for four and I was going to beat my new top score. So uh, just well, got to let them emotions take over, you know. Thank you very much for coming and conquering and uh, Clapham in CC. Thank you for the jug that we're currently drinking. Um, thoughts from the keeper of the game, Yanni oh, Bavayas? Just wanted to ask you one thing. Um, how did you rate the chat out there today? Yeah, it was good chat. There's a guy, what's his name, Geordie. Yeah, his chat was, was not the best. I mean, it was, it was good. As somebody who also has shocking chat on the field, it was good to meet somebody with sub... A sub-level of chat to mine. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there was one point where he was talking as a bowler was coming in. I sort of had a word with the, with the keeper and just went, oh, God, we need to sort this out. It was very serious, but um, no, it was, it was exceptional chat in the field. And I, I really rate it personally. Some people aren't a big fan of chat in the field. Our club, we try not and sledge or do any of that business, but it just, it just felt right today. But it was all done in the right spirit, so I think that's all. That's very, all very final point of order. Nomination for Sledge of the Week. Talk us through your little dog story. <laughs> Oh, so I was fielding at slip and the bowler was... A bowler hadn't started running in yet, but I told her... Good, I just, told, just went to the keeper and said... Uh, my, my keeper, James Lynch, said... Uh, my girlfriend's just given me a ring and she said that um, we're getting a Spanish dog. I said, is it a Spaniel? And, uh, and yeah, the batsman had to cancel it because uh, he was in floods of tears out of, uh, out of how funny he found it. So, yeah, that was a particularly good point of the day. Thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your beer. Enjoy England's win of Thank the Euros. You. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming. Is this the real life? Is this just fantasy cricket? It's Monday night, and Matt Spencer and I, such is our organisation, our organisational prowess, and such is our enthusiasm to record the Thanks for Coming podcast. We're doing it so early in the week that the fantasy points haven't even gone online yet. Um, with that in mind, there is some limited information that we can give you, and we love to see nothing more on the Thanks For Coming podcast than people backing themselves. Spence, someone did that emphatically this week, I believe. Certainly so. From the stats that we have got, which includes Saturday and a limited sprinkle of Sunday stats, Suri Polaboyna, he is not only the manager of the week so far with 820 points, but his Let's Talk About Cricket 11 were not only captained 
by himself, but triple captained on himself for a double header weekend. We love to see it. Triple captain on the wicketkeeper, triple captain in yourself. Um, he's done very well with a few catches and a few runs sprinkled across the weekend. And it's paid off for him. Um, he's not troubling the top of the order just yet, but he's into the top five. Um, it is tight at the top between Trent and myself, and I'm sweating on the pitch as I hear about lots of players taking fifers and fourfers. And of course, every single person that does well is in Trent's team. Do not understand how he's not on the selection committee yet. There's something to be discussed there. Um, but the secret is, in my opinion, back yourself, be more like Surrey. Nice one. Okay, so there's a bit of a... We've got some insight there, even though we can't provide official standings this week. Um, right, but what we do have for you, and this is important if you're playing fantasy, and you want to do well in what's left of this season, is we've got some insight from some people who are out there on the field with these guys, people who've seen them up close and personal, first-hand, the weekend just gone, and the weeks leading up to it. So, give us some insight. Benny, who should we put in our fantasy teams if we want points in the coming week, weeks and months? Yeah, I am... Um... I don't think I'm going to be breaking any moulds of this, but I think if you don't have Leo Connolly in your team at the moment, you're not really paying attention to how well he's playing. Um, and to back a fellow bowler uh, and a member of the podcast this week, I think Wilby's still going to be in there. He looks like he's ever so close to taking in a five for bowling out of his socks. And he's a bit too quick for most of the guys he plays against in twos. So, yeah, those are my two. One one, one guy who I think is going to score lots of runs soon and one guy who's going to take lots of wickets. Those are my two. Nice one, Benny. Uh, you've got an all-rounder there and you've got a bowler. Have you got an insight for a batsman? Yeah. Um, despite getting a very good one on Saturday, um, I think Will Curtis is um, batting very well. Um, he's uh, not just... He looks comfortable. He's... Uh, Seeing off, he's, you know, he's leaving good balls and, and scoring off the bad ones. So I'd get him in your team. Yeah, off a big score last week as well, Will Curtis. Lots of runs to come there. Lewis Wilby, who's your bowler? Who should we have in our team? I reckon you still have to back Oli Onsdale. When it's his day, it's his day. That's the end of. It's his season. I think we're all just living in Oli Lonsdale's world at the moment. Um, and there's nothing we can do about it apart from watching pile on wickets. And put him in our fantasy team. And put him in our fantasy team. He he did, however, steal my King of the Castle title, which I'm still not not over yet. But I'm 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 coming for him at the top there. There's a way to go yet, Daisy Dukes. Don't worry about that. Um, batting wise, who's caught your eye? Batting wise, I'm gonna throw a curveball in there, and if he plays for the rest of the season, Will Stevens, just because. I did see him at the start of the game and I, I went, Will, how much preparation have you done for today's game in the twos? And he went, mate, haven't held a bat in 10 weeks, so I'm more than ready. And if that's what he does without holding a bat for 10 weeks, I want to know what he does after netting twice a week. Will Stevens owned by just 2% of teams at the moment as well. That could be a very hot pick. Nice be, one. Indeed. And I bet that one team is Trent. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Lewis, you've told us about bowlers. You've told us about batsmen. Give us a pick for those looking for an all-rounder. And I, I don't know if this man is an all-rounder on fantasy, but I, I sure do think he should be. And that is Alex Webster. Okay. Um, I think that man with the bat is absolute fire, but his bowling is extremely underrated. Really? That man will take wickets if he bowls. 100%. Yeah, nice. you are right there. He is an out-of-positioned player. He's down as a batsman, but he does bowl. He's currently the sixth-highest-scoring batter, probably because of his bowling statistics bringing him up as well. So, very good picks for both of you there. Liam, nice is there anyone that you're picking? Shout out to the Webster. Yeah, there is, actually. Um, and, like... I, no one bribes me or anything. I don't bribe anyone else on this. Thanks for coming podcast. But two people I'd have in my fantasy team right now are Lewis Wilby and Benny Cobbett. Both in decent form. Benny with the bat, looking really good. I know, interested in batting more than bowling this season. But very capable with both. Lewis Wilby, bowling fire and... Good for um, some runs down the bottom of the order as well. R- ruthless. Both of them, very, very good in the field. Take catches, you know, stop the ball. So, loads of points there on the Thanks for Coming podcast this week. That's my that's my shout. I am I'm still late to, to make a team for the for the fantasy. Is it is it worth me chipping in now? I'm very glad you raised that question. Someone else asked on Saturday. I mean, it's definitely worth throwing your name in the hat. Um, Much-loved tour icon uh, Sean Bonzer has just thrown his name in the hat two weeks ago, launching his team in because of the enjoyment he heard everyone else having in the field. Um, He's quickly catching up as well. The stop, she's only 11 by, managed by Sean Bonsers on 628 points from just two weeks. So you're not going to be breaking Trent down, um, but you can have a bit of fun about it uh, and definitely get up there and try and get above Richard James's the six offenders who are second from bottom now um, and not win the wooden spoon. I think jump on in, have a go. There's lots of players there. You've just picked out two that aren't heavily selected. You could quickly rise up the ranks getting the ones on the right weeks. Any other business... Matt Bolshaw, that's a name you might remember if he's out there anywhere, listening or otherwise. Um, if you if you're still out there, Matt, uh, I hope it's I hope it's going well for you. We miss you. Matt Bolshaw's favourite section of this podcast that he came up with was the any other business section. And today we're going to run through some of our standard categories. Matt Spencer, what's first up? We hear it called out on the pitch, week in, week out. We want the obsessed with line and length category. It's one for the bowlers, the all-rounders and the batters and keepers throwing their hands and picking up the ball and chucking it down the other end to the batsman on strike. Benny Cobbett, any people that have caught your eye as being obsessed with line and length this weekend just gone? Yeah, uh, I think it's a special shout-out to Drew Withers. Uh, just, uh, again, another standing at slip and it's just a pleasure to watch him bowl. Uh, he had eight overs, two maidens, 20 runs, four wickets, two wides for an economy of 2.5. They just couldn't get him away. Um, yeah, 
just absolute pleasure to watch and with some absolute gas behind it as well. So that's my immediate pick that comes to mind. And then uh, a, a good mention to my colleague and Lewis Wilby, who, I, like I said earlier, really had a fantastic opening spell and returning spell uh, in the league game in uh, uh, working this weekend, four wickets and set up there, number three. So those were my two excellent spells of bowling this weekend. Lewis, you can nominate yourself, but have you got, having seen two games at the weekend, any other nominations? Uh, I'd like to remove myself from the running, possibly, <laughs> after learning, after the match, I went for 15 wides off my eight overs. Um, I, I don't think that's necessarily that obsessed with line or length. So, <laughs> um, but, but one man who is always a pleasure to watch, and he gets mentioned every single week for this award, is Damon what a man with that ball. He is relentless putting it on that spot. Yeah, here, here to Damon Greeny, new ball specialist, quite rightly. Um, he's got the best attitude to receiving the new ball uh, that I've seen. It's still with so much respect and joy and gratefulness to be getting it, even though he thoroughly deserves it and should command to have it and be given the end he wants on any pitch that he's on. Uh, Liam Gray, you are captain of the first team you are our premier bowler um and as this podcast began you were one of the most dangerous bowlers in surrey cricket league history do you have a nomination for obsessed with line and length thanks for that bit of context there spence i appreciate that um yeah i think it would be rude not to mention the dealer again at this point i know he picked up five wickets but going at about three and over on a day when a lot of people went for a lot of runs, I think is is seriously impressive. And yeah, five wickets as well on top of it. Great bowling performance. So we've got a handful of names there. There's a handful of others that deserve it this week. Um, Leo, Nigel, um, Justin's tight bowling as well. Obviously Carson's forfer. Um, but we're going to have to nail it down to line and length and being obsessed what's the general consensus it's demo i think looking at it demo for me yeah yeah i think it has to be damon for me um which is hard done by drew there uh but when you add drews together he actually got four for 43 off 14 um which is slightly higher economy across the two days than what damon went for so damon greeny obsessed with line and length this week Congratulations, sir. And uh, no bowler can win a game on his own. So we do need the batsman as much as I don't believe it. Um, But have we got anyone who just absolutely loves to bat and showed that this weekend? I'll come to you first on this one, Lewis. Yeah, I was going to say, I have to go for Will Stevens. He watched... So many people get out in a variety of different ways. It was must have been so hard for him not to join in. Um, but that man stuck in it for an unbelievably long time compared to the rest of us. And uh, yeah, was a, was a, would have been an awful day, an even worse day without that man. Yeah, it's very rare that I come in at number 10 and the opener is still at the other end, um, completely unmoved by what's been going on around him. Uh, Benny, your nominations on this, please. Yeah, no, I seconded. No objections from me. Will was the uh, 
pick of the batsman. And for him to look and say he was so uncomfortable against the lefty opener to just see him off and then score later on, was proper batting. And he did well, for, especially if it's 10 weeks since he picked up a bat last time. And Liam, captaining the only side to hit over 200 runs for Plowman's, uh, you probably had quite a few blokes that quite enjoyed their batting. Yeah, we did. And we've covered it quite well. It was a brilliant bang performance. Uh, my nomination for this award is Steve Brito, who, when you've scored as many runs as he scored, as many hundreds as he scored, is, is never going to be completely satisfied with 34. But he's seen off nearly 50 balls at the top of the innings, built a partnership with Logan there and set a platform which has allowed us to go on and hit a really big score. And uh, at the top of the order this year, that's really what we've needed. Um, and he's, he's, sorry, and Logan have stepped up and done that this weekend. So, yeah, Brito gets my vote. Um, and I think big runs to come from him in the next couple of weeks. I'd like to throw a, a stats-based shout-out uh, to Hansi. Um, he he does love to bat, um, so much so he doesn't mind doing it without scoring a run. 24 balls, as we mentioned earlier. Um, but I think the winner, for me, is probably Stephen Brito. And I know that's two nominations for Will and just one for Brito. But I think having an opener that set up the game with his partnership there that they went on to win is very important for that breakthrough. And I don't think Will will mind me saying um, that, it, you know, he, he likes batting, um, but he was very much just happy to get to the end of his innings, uh, whereas Brito absolutely loves it. So if we're all happy, unless there's any last-minute objections, Stephen Brito for Loves to Bat this week. Go for it. Thank you very much. And on to another one that everyone is up for the grabs from the bowlers, the batters, the all-rounders and the keepers. Do remember the men with the gloves and the pads putting hard work in every ball. The third man award. Um, I'm going to start with a nomination on this one. And I'm going to nominate both of the keepers from the Saturday and Sunday game that I played in for Alex Gordon-Walker and Yanni Bavayas, because both of them were diving into the dirt on the leg side for me this weekend. And I think that is fabulously done. And keepers need to be mentioned more on this podcast. Um, Liam, your nomination for our fielding award? The fielding was so good on Saturday. And we've mentioned some of the catches that were taken already. Probably my two nominations would have to go to... Not Surrey, because he does that every week, but Leo, who took four catches, two court and bolts, two real tough ones on the boundary, and one of which Max Gumpert could easily have got to as well. And after having taken three already on the day, Leo just saw him coming around the boundary and was just like, Leo's! <laughs> Get back in your lane, Maxie. And took that on with, with <laughs> such ease. Um, so he's one shout. And the other one, Rohin diving onto that AstroTurf. Somehow managed to hold onto that catch. One-handed. And the rest of the fielders just grimaced and kind of looked away as his shoulder hit the AstroTurf track. Body on the line for the team. Uh, Lewis? Uh, I, 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 from the one game I played in, and I, and I was fully invested in, I would have to nominate two players from that one, and that would be Alex Webster, who I've not seen a ball go through him yet in the field. And my other one would be Hugh. Like you said earlier, Spencer, that man looked 
so comfortable underneath high catches. It is unbelievable. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And Benny? Yeah, uh, second on Hugh and uh, second on Alex. The uh, Sorry, Alex GW behind the stumps. He, the catch he took off Wilby was fantastic. And for it to him, he said, be uh, not his usual skill set. He, he was loving it. Um, and he was talking a lot, encouraging loud. Uh, and then, yeah, Hugh take, taking two catches for a man who hasn't played in uh, six years, I think he said, or something ridiculous. To take a high catch like that, um, just, yeah, comfortable, good feeling. There's, there's a lot of very worthy nominations there. Lots of names been said. I'm going to drill down into the stats to make the choice on this one. Um, for Suri, I know he wasn't a nomination because he does it every week, but four catches across the weekend, two each day. And then Leo Connolly is who I'm going to award this to because his two catches in the field, he also took two catches off his own bowling. So four across the single day for Leo Connolly. I think that's probably the third man award. Well deserved there. Nicely done, Spence. The first one he took at the key part of that game off a of deals bowling, uh, cow corner boundary, ball's gone so high into the air. Wind swirling, and he's had to cover a lot of ground, and basically slid and caught it two hands just above the ground. It was phenomenal, phenomenal performance from the boy. And our final award of this section, it's a new one we're trialling out. Um, I suggested it should be called the Ploughman's Brand Ambassador. Yanni rebranded it the Spirit of Cricket Award, but taking in the meaning of those two things as, a, as an ambassador of the Ploughman's, whether that's through the spirit on the pitch or really promoting our brand through best behaviour and building relationships off the pitch. Um, this is the Brand Ambassador Award. I'm going to pop up three of my nominations um, before uh, throwing it over to you guys to pick the winner on this one for me. Um, firstly, I would like to nominate uh, Ajit Prasad, um, who looks in every single game a full ploughman's. This is a man that's travelled around the country to play for us multiple times, commuting in from outside of London, and um, has brought multiple players to the club this season that have all, both played in the league. Um, and he has also has got the best branded helmet in the club, the only branded helmet in the club. Um, for me, his branding level is second to only Coxie himself with the tattoo on his bicep. Um, so Ajit gets my first nomination. My second, Alexander Gordon Walker, one of our newest players, receiving his baggy this Saturday. Um, and and is probably not his first game, but then heading down to the Wandle and telling every single person there about our cricket club um, and how lovely blokes we are. And my final uh, nomination is Lewis Wilby, who uh, wears plumbers on his sleeve and I think embodies um, being a good bloke and a good cricketer everywhere he goes. They're my three. Have I missed anyone there from this weekend? Uh, I, I can't think of anyone else to throw in, no. But I, I, I will say Alex GW was a man on a mission at the Wondor. He wanted everyone to know exactly how good each plowman was. Uh, I heard multiple times he tapped me on the shoulder and I turned around to him and a, and a group of uh, lovely looking women. And he would each time explain to each of them in great detail how I had taken wickets that day. Uh, so it's always helpful when you've got a man like that on your side. Now, Liam, it falls to you to choose out of this because 
we are lucky enough to be in the presence of three times Clubman winning Liam Gray. He knows all about being a brand ambassador and the spirit of cricket. Liam, what are your nominations and your winner for this week's Plough Brand Ambassador Spirit of Cricket Award? Yeah, thanks, Spence. Um, on that point, there's no one in particular that I, I wanted to mention by name, but I just thought it was worth um, drawing attention to real close game there on Sunday. I was down at the DSG with Lewis and went right down to the wire. Didn't quite go our way. But the atmosphere after the game, everyone chilling Sunday evening in the warm and just the way everyone was kind of interacting with the opposition, sat together. It was a, it was a real nice moment, real nice way to end a weekend. And that side, as, as, as you mentioned before, love coming to play us, play against us every year. Atmosphere is always brilliant. Um, and I think that's just a great advert for the club. So this week, the Plough Brand Ambassador Spirit of the Cricket Award goes to Ploughman's Cricket Club. And I think that's probably how it should be. So we'll move on from that and get to the very final points of this week's podcast. With Sledge of the Week, we heard earlier about a little Spanish dog. But Lewis, you had some other chat you picked up from Clapham Inn. That man Smithy was one of the best sledges I think I've ever been on a pitch with. He was mainly telling jokes to himself um, but just in earshot of both our batsmen, uh, enough that Elmo was holding back the tears of laughter as he was setting up. Um, one of my personal favourites that he told was, why do Swedish longboats have uh, QR codes on them? To Scandinavian. That was a, that was a classic. I, I was, I was, I was uh, umpiring at that point and did have to hide my laughter as not to put off the batsman even more than he had. But what what a man he was. Yeah, he's... Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> the best chat or most questionable chat falls into a... It's a fine margin of line, isn't it? It's a ve- it's often a very fine line, yeah. <laughs> but he, he was good to play with. Um, it's always nice to have friendly teams that are really friendly. Um, and we seem to be gathering more and more of them every year. Uh, shout out to Leon uh, for keeping those relationships going uh, and and keeping it on there. Anyone else get any uh, sledges that they picked up or funny moments? I, 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 I had one from you, Spencer, actually, that I've just remembered. That as I was setting up to bat, um, you started singing to me from the other end as my batting partner, which is, which is always lovely as a number 11 Um to, to, to get you ready to face a ball. And what song was being sung? Do you, which one was it, Spence? He bowls at the DSG. He hits the ball in the V. Lewis will be, will be. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I did lie. I know all of them off by heart. I just didn't want to sing it. <laughs> <laughs> and for the two balls you faced, I loved singing it to you. <laughs> they were a great two balls. And that rounds it up for this week's podcast. Um, Thank you for having me back after not my errors uh, in scheduling last week. If you haven't yet heard Liam's mid-season update, go and listen to it. A brilliant, 
brilliant episode um, that really does highlight the best of this club and many of the reasons why we all play, which are all very reasons uh, and are all very lovely, heartwarming. Um, and the word welcoming was used lots of times. And uh, that's my last point and the last you'll hear from me on this podcast. I'll hand you back to our lovely host, Liam Gray. Thanks, Spence. That doesn't leave much for me to do other than to say... Thanks very much for coming, Matt Spencer, our very own. Um, nice to spend some more time with you this evening. Uh, to our guests, Lewis Wilby, Daisy Jukes and Benny Cobbett, thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. Yeah, And to our listeners out there, our fantastic listeners, without you, we are nothing. Thanks for coming to the Thanks for Coming podcast. This is Shane Warren. Make sure you plough on. Do plough and CC. Plough on, guys. It's taking too much. Uh, we didn't win the link by accident. We did that by design. It was very much planned. I just try to get it in the right spot, really, and see what happens. He said to me, mate, I really think you should put your lid on. Next ball, bowl me bouncer. We spent for six. So. <laughs> this, this club is beyond cricket. Plough cricket is the greatest club in the world. Oh!